Again, a word of welcome to each of you. We're so thankful that you're here uh, for um, a time that I look forward to so much, which is being able to share with you uh, from God's word and open ourselves up to what God wants to say to us. So thank you for being here. A word of welcome to our online guests who are uh, joining with us right now live. We are, are so glad that you are with us as well. Uh, before I begin, I wanted you to know, members and church attenders, that this week you're going to receive a letter from me, and it's about giving financially to the church. So probably your favorite letter of the year uh, is coming out this week. And I, I just wanted you to know that it's coming. I'd love for you to read it and pray about it. It's actually something we've done every year for a long time, but we did not do it in 2020 and 2021, just as things were going on in the world. Um, it didn't feel like uh, the right letter to send. And also um, the giving at the church uh, continued to just outpace anything that we could have ever uh, imagined, which is just an amazing thing. That continues to happen. Our giving this year is 10% above what we had expected, above our budget. So it's just an amazing uh, testament to your faithfulness. But I'm asking you to, to read the letter. I'll share in there about Rachel and I's giving practice to the church and ask you to pray about what you would give next year. And the reason is it allows us uh, to make a great plan for 2023. And also it's one of our best ways of just engaging new people in what's going on here at the church. So I didn't want that to come as a surprise, uh, that letter that you'll get from me. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about it uh, next week. I know you can't wait, but that's, uh, we're really, really grateful for the financial giving. Over the next few weeks, though, I want to talk to you about your doorposts, uh, which is not even a word we use all that much. You might call it your door frame. And in that image there, uh, I, I chose it because you can really just see the frame of the door. The emphasis isn't so much on the door that opens and closes. The door is something that kind of keeps you out. But the door frame or the door post is really uh, what makes the door happen. <laughs> and it's what you enter through and in when you're going in and out. Why am I talking to you about that? Because there are some very important words from God about our doorposts or about our, uh, about our door frames. In fact, some people say the most important words from God, and we'll get to that, the most important words to God, uh, from God, he says to write on your doorpost. Here's the verse, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse nine. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So we read that and I would ask, well, write what? And what I'm gonna tell you is you are gonna write the most important words from God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 comes right after the Ten Commandments have been given. So you may not know all the Ten Commandments to be able to name them, but you've probably heard of that. They get a lot of attention. These were God's commands, God's words given to his people in the wilderness of like, this will hold you together. Pay attention to these things, do these things. And so after the Ten Commandments are given, God then says this. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So why do I say that these are the most important words from God? Well, I'll tell you why. I don't say that, okay? Jesus does. 
Jesus was asked on several occasions, what's the most important words? What's the most important commands? What are the, what are the, what's the thing, Jesus, that we should look to? And when Jesus answered those questions, he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6. Here's one instance where Jesus was asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So they studied the law. The law was their word of God. And they're asking him, what's, what's the key thing? What's the most important thing? And Jesus responds, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So Jesus, in a Jesus way, was quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Jesus becomes famous for saying this, but not because he said the most important thing that God said was found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Any Jewish scholar or religious leader at that time would have known that Deuteronomy 6 was the deal. It wasn't that Jesus said the most important thing was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind was the most important thing, because they all knew that. That first part, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, is something they call and still call today the Shema. And the Shema was this uh, boiling down, this very important word that God had given them, and it became the centerpiece for their prayer services. In fact, they would have the children memorize this as their prayer that they would fall asleep to. Hear, O Lord, uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So sort of like, now I lay me down to sleep might be for us, right? Our kids are going to bed with this word uh, in them. In fact, many of the Jews would try, I don't know exactly how you do this, but they would try to have the last words that they ever said on earth be those words from Deuteronomy chapter 6. They were super important. And then the command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, everyone understood is like the, the key thing. So Jesus wasn't famous for saying the greatest thing God said was Deuteronomy 6. He was famous for silencing the religious leaders by saying that one line sums up all of the commands that you have added unto it and that came after it before it and after it. And they were like, whoa, wait a second. We love all our commands, right? But Jesus said, no, this one. And then the scandalous thing Jesus did is he added another unto it from their law, which was, he said, uh, there's a second just like it. Love your neighbor the same way you love yourself. And they're like, oh, we don't really like this guy. He just took all of our rules and boiled them down to this one thing. But all I'm wanting you to hear is that Jesus pointing back to Deuteronomy 6 is what any serious student of the religious law would have done. And the reason I'm telling you that is because when we read it, I want us to feel the importance of it, okay? So after the Ten Commandments were given and Deuteronomy chapter 5 is being summed up, Moses says this, speaking for God, uh, but, but he sums it up. He says, be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. So just begin to hear it. We've, been, we've gotten the commands. He says, be careful to do it. Then he says, do not turn aside to the left or to the right. And then he says, walk in obedience to all that the Lord has commanded you. Deuteronomy chapter 5 wraps up. We get Deuteronomy chapter 6, and this is what we hear about God's word. Put them on your hearts. Impress them on your kids. Talk about them at home. Talk about them on your walks. Talk about them when you get up. Tie them on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your doorpost. And what I want us to think about for the next few weeks is really simple, okay? It's just this. What are we putting on our hearts? What are we impressing upon our children? What are we talking about in our homes? What are you talking about on your walks? What are you talking about when you lie down at night? What are you talking about when you get up in the morning? And what is it that you have written on your hands and your foreheads and your doorposts? Which, of course, is not necessarily literal, 
though some people take it literal. Uh, I actually have this written on my doorpost, and I'll tell you about that in just a moment. But what it's saying, of course, with this hands, foreheads, doorpost thing is, what is it that you see all the time? What is it that you're thinking about in your house when you lie down, when you get up? And what is on your doorpost is this wonderful question of is, what do people walk through and enter into when they come into your space? When they come into your home, when they come into your presence? God's like, I'm not so much concerned about the door, but the doorpost, what people walk through. And here's why it's so important um, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and why I think it's so important today, guys. And it's because today we are the people of God. We are the ones who God has brought across the Jordan. We are the ones who've been delivered from our captors. We are the ones who have been led into a good promised land. We are the ones who've been taught how to live by God. So what are we talking about? What are we impressing on our children? And I want to kind of try to answer, see how we would answer God if he asked us that. But I want you to hear me saying that I'm, I'm saying this um, out of love and I'm also saying it to myself. What I mean is it's not going to sound all that good, okay? But I, but I haven't been able to avoid it. I even tried to take it out this morning. Like, God, I don't really have to say this part, right? And I did not get permission. So um, just know that I'm saying this from a place of love and um, to my own heart. So if God asked us, what are you impressing on your kids? Are we going to say the importance of sports, my Lord? Or... Um, Exemplary academic achievement, of course, or a dedication to the arts. Now hear me, I know who I'm talking to this morning. I know last Sunday we had over 100 middle school and high school students in small groups. So I'm not saying that we don't understand this, but I'm just asking if God were to ask us these questions, how would we answer? If he said, well, what are you talking about at home? Would we say, we're pretty much usually in separate rooms doing our own thing. Or if he said, well, okay, well, what about on the walks? Would we say, I walk by myself, do the podcast thing, you know? Okay, well, what about at night as you lie down? Oh, nighttime? That's the wordle time, you know? Um, you guys don't do the wordle, okay? It's fine. <laughs> Maybe it's just wordle. I don't know if it's the wordle. Lord, I sound like an old... Anyways, um, you might say, that's my Netflix time. Okay, God says, well, what about when you get up? Uh, we're pretty much just making a mad dash to get out the door. Okay, well, what's on your hands? That's easy. It's the iPhone. What's on your foreheads? What are you thinking about? Well, have you heard the news, God, about the gas prices, the border, the election? You see what I'm saying? God says to us, I need you to write my word on your doorpost that all who enter into your space would know I am God. He wants us talking about it and sharing it with our children as they lie down and as we go on walks with our friends. And again, I know that's kind of a hard thing to say. It feels just harsh to me because they're all true for me. But what God, I think, is saying in Deuteronomy is the same thing he would say to us now. He'd say, I know there's a lot of distractions. I know there's a lot of pressure. I know you guys are so tired. And, and, and nothing, is wrong. nothing is wrong with the wordle, by the way. I mean, uh, Rachel still does Candy Crush, for crying out loud. It's like, <laughs> a lot, you know? She does it a lot. Um, but so it's like, um, she does the wordle, the quirtle, the hurdle. I don't know all of them that she does. But... Well, that's something we got to talk about, I guess. <laughs> but listen to the guidance that God is giving us. 
It's not to, um, you know, to reprimand us or set us straight. It's that he's leading us to see something that could happen in the promised land that we've not yet tasted. When Rachel and I went to Israel several years back, we saw these little boxes that were posted on every doorframe, every doorpost. They're tilted just a little bit. I have a picture of one. Um, and I mean, in Israel, every entry into every building, every shop, where I really noticed was every hotel room. So if you're walking down a hall of 50 hotel rooms, every hotel room has this thing. It's called a mezuzah. And the, uh, the Jewish people there, um, when they, they walk in, they usually pause to touch it. What's inside of the little box? A small, small scroll with handwritten words from a rabbi uh, who is transcribing Deuteronomy chapter 6. So every time they enter into a door, hear, O Lord, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and mind. So Rachel and I bought one. That's our door frame. Um, and I'm not sure if it's even okay for Christians to do it, but hopefully I would be forgiven. I tried to read it the exact way that you're supposed to put it and how you're supposed to use it. Um, and I know that we did it with a purity of heart, that our hope was that every person that walks through our doors would sense and know that our household was a place where God dwelled. But most days, I walk right past it. Most days, I forget it's even there. So is that what God wanted us to do, to literally put it on our doorpost? No, I don't think so. God is really just trying to ask us, what are, you, what are you talking about in there? What are you guys doing in there? Can I come in there? Can I come through the doorway? What's, what are you all talking about at the table? What are you saying at night when you go to bed? What's the first thing out of your mouth and the first thing on your mind uh, when you wake up? You know, I think about now, you know, we could ask ourselves this question at different seasons. What's everybody talking about, you know? This week, of course, what's everybody talking about? They're talking about the election. It's very important, and we should be talking about it. I don't, I don't mean that at all. But of course we don't think that buttons we would push behind a curtain where no one could see us could be as important as what we're talking to our kids about, what we're impressing upon their hearts, what we're, what we're saying in there. Um, I think that God is trying to show us if we will keep his commands, if we'll take Jesus at his word, that the most important thing we can do is love him with everything we've got, then as we head into things like an election Tuesday, we as the people of God will not feel as much anxiety because we will know who we are and know what we are called to do. Jesus says you could sum up all the law with love, every, love me with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. Even when I say it now, we all think, are you sure? Well, when Jesus said it, they thought that too. God has a very big purpose in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it's not one that I'm going to try to explain to you by saying, this is what I think God's purpose in, in, in all this is. He actually tells us. So I want to tell you what God tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Then I'll show you the verses just so you don't think I made it up. Here's what God says we are to do. So that we will not forget him. So that we will not turn after other gods. Why are we writing God's word on our doorpost? So we will not forget God. So we will not turn after other gods so that we will do what is right and good. And so that, I love this one, we will be able to answer our sons and daughters when they start asking questions about stuff. Let me read that again. 
The purpose of God's word on our doorpost, which of course is not just literally on our doorpost, it's like in us, right, in our homes. The purpose of that is so that we will not forget God, so that we will not turn after other gods, so that we will do what is right and good, and so that we'll be able to answer our sons and daughters when they start asking us questions. Here are the verses. Deuteronomy 6, 12 says, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. We are to remind each other the generations that come, because sometimes there's long periods of time between when we think we've seen God act, and so we have to say, I need to remind you of what God has done so we won't forget that God is God. Deuteronomy 6.14 says, do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. Every culture, every age, every nation has their own gods, G-O-D-S, small g. And so God is saying, I need you to hold my word in your heart so that you will not turn after other gods, which is the natural tendency of all of humanity. Deuteronomy 6.18 says, do what is right and good in the Lord's sight. So we are to actually be doers of good things. It's not just about our belief, but to do right and to do good. And then Deuteronomy 6.20, where I got that one about our kids, listen to this. He says, in the future, when your son asks you, it doesn't say if your son asks you, but it's saying in the future, when your son asks you, what's the meaning of all this? What are you going to tell him? And so we are called upon that one day our kids are going to become teenagers, young adults. And, and when there's going to come a moment, they're going to say, Dad, what is this all about? <laughs> Why have you been taking me to church all these years? Why have you been talking about this in our home? Why did you pray with us every night? As, as kids grow, they're going to ask us, what's the meaning of the stipulations, the decrees, and the laws the Lord our God has commanded you? And here's the answer. Tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. What if, what if that was our answer to our kids? You know, what is all this about? What, why are we doing all this? And you, if we said, we were once slaves, but God has freed us. What it's saying is that every parent, grandparent, adult has been given their own testimony, their own way of sharing and witnessing to the power and the goodness of God so that when our kids are like, what is up with all that? It does not make sense in light of what I see. It does not make sense in connection to what I'm seeing in the world. You say, oh, oh, oh I got to tell you about the story of how we as a people were brought across the Jordan River and saved. And some of you are like, that's our story. That's our story. And each one of us, you know, as we see people go into the water here and give their lives to God, have a story, a testimony of how God has rescued them. We are supposed to be able to share that with our children. We're supposed to be able to communicate that. So in all these, uh, in all these verses, God is leading us to something else. And it's really the heart of what I just shared with you is actually not the purpose. Don't turn after other gods. Um, you know, be able to answer your kids, do what is right. That's actually not the purpose. There's a, there's a, there's, those are secondary purposes to the ultimate purpose of what God wants to show us. And that purpose is for us to be blessed, to know blessing. I want to share with you three verses. These are all in Deuteronomy chapter six that show the connection between listening to God's word, following God and being blessed. Okay. So that this is the first part of it. Verse two, it says, so that you your children and their children. So here the generational effect, okay? You, your children, their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. I just had somebody, I love this church. I just had somebody come to me in communion and say, uh, at the last service, what does that mean, fear the Lord? You know, we're supposed to be afraid of God. And, and so we're like, you know, the music is playing and we're eating our communion. And I was like, 
what it's saying is there were gods of their culture that were like little statues sitting around. You don't really fear that, okay? Uh, and I was not saying we're supposed to, she was thinking, am I supposed to walk you walking around afraid? No, but it is for you to know what God is saying is I'm God. I'm bigger than all of this. I'm not something you can put on a shelf, right? And so we are in awe of that God. We have a fear of the Lord as long as we live by keeping his decree. So that leads us to want to do what God has commanded us so that, here's the blessing, you may enjoy long life. Did you know that God wants to bless you with an enjoyment of your life? That's blessing. Another verse, the next verse says, Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. So you can, you, almost in every verse, there are these there's three things. It's like saying you need to follow what God is saying. It, there is a blessing and it will go well, well with you. And it connects us to our ancestors and our heritage that has come before the generations, the story of God's redemption throughout the generations. It'll, it'll go well with you and you'll be blessed. Another one, verse 6, uh, 6, 24 says, the Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord your God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive. I want you to walk out of here today feeling blessed by God, knowing that God's purpose in all this is, to, is so that you may prosper, that you may thrive, that you may know joy, that you may know the fullness of God in your own life. But every time, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 at least, you're never going to find blessing outside of following God, following God's commands. They're not, they're not ever independent from each other. So there's blessing in following God's commands. Uh, the reverse of that is if there's never, it's never going to be a time where you follow God's commands and you don't walk in blessing. There'll be suffering for sure, but there will be blessing in that. So God wants us to bless us. But here, here's what I think when we hear all this talk, I kind of see it on your face. <laughs> you know, we think, I can't follow all God's commands. Are you kidding me? I don't even know all of them. I can't get all this right. I'm doomed, right? You know, I... Uh, I don't know why I keep thinking about the wordle. I don't know why that excuse on my mind. But anyway, you know, it's like, you're like, I love all these things that are put out there by the world. And, and you do not, I'm definitely not suggesting giving that up, okay? just want to be clear about that. Um, but all I'm saying is there is some times that we have to quiet and quit some things so that we can, as the people of God, put his word on our doorpost. So this is what all this is about so that God's voice becomes the foremost and most clear voice in our homes. There, there's all kinds of things that, that we can talk about and do, but if we are getting to a place where God's voice is not the foremost and most clear in our homes as the people of God, we have to repent and say, I'm putting his word back on my door. And what happens when we are, um, are quiet enough to do that, we can hear Jesus saying, you can't remember all the commands. You will fall short of them. What I'm calling you to do is love the Lord with all you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. I believe in you, Providence Church, that we could be a people that says, I'm giving all of myself to loving God. And in doing that, Jesus says all the law is summed up. There's all kinds of things we have to do and follow. I don't mean that. But he's pointing us to the pureness of God's command to us to love him and to love our neighbors. And that, my friends, is how you walk through the door into blessing. 
So this week, our first step, we're going to look at this for a few weeks, some doorposts and door frames in the scriptures. You're going to love it. You're going to love it, okay? Um, but this week, first step is simply, I want to invite you to pray a prayer in your door frame at your house, at your apartment, at your office. I want you to, to get in the door frame and, and pray and begin to invite God into that space. I'm thinking, what might happen? You know, we've had this room filled up a few times this morning and people online. What would happen um, in our nation, in our land, if we began putting God's word in our homes? I'm pretty excited about it. But it involves us doing it, being in those spaces uh, and those places. So uh, I want to invite you to do that with the people who live in your home. I know there's folks, you, know, you may be single, uh, you may just have a, you know, a cat or something, but whoever's there, right, get them. Some of you, I know you, you're like, I'm going to do this every day for the next little while. And I encourage you to do that. But I wrote a little prayer and I have it for you this morning. I'll give you a little card. We'll give you a card before you go. But I want you to see the prayer. And I want us to pray this all week. I really want you to do this with me, okay? So here's the prayer, our prayer for our doorpost. Lord, I pray today that this home would be a place where your name is on our lips. That your word would be impressed upon all who enter. We will talk about you when we sit at the table. We will talk about you when we walk along the road, when we lie down, and when we get up. On these doorposts, we write your commands and ask for your help and your blessing on all who live here today and every day. Amen. When the church actually starts doing what the Word of God says, all kinds of power, healing, joy is unleashed. So, um, would you pray that prayer with me? Let's start with this house, okay? This is our house, our spiritual house. And let's pray this prayer over this house. So look at a doorway, you know, um, look at some of these places where people enter and, and come through. And I invite you just to pray these words with me. Lord, I pray today that this home would be a place where your name is on our lips, that your word would be impressed upon all who enter. We will talk about you when we sit at the table. We will talk about you when we walk along the road, when we lie down, and when we get up. On these doorposts, we write your commands and ask for your help and your blessing on all who live here today and every day. Amen. I know that's the heart's desire of this house, is that all who enter in would know the blessing of God, the goodness of God, the redemption story of God. So thank you for joining me in that prayer.